This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch, Managing Editor at Pop Sugar. And I'm Zareen Siddiqui, Director of Partnerships at Pop Sugar. And this week, we are revisiting our debate format that we did for our Marvel episode. And I am convincing Becky to watch Love Island. Um, trying, the- trying, <laughs> trying to convince me to watch that. Okay. That is some okay. inflated confidence. We have some time to get into this. But before that, Becky, what are you not over? I am not over... Jamie Lynn Spears deciding now is the time to announce her memoir or even Jamie Lynn Spears putting out a memoir. Good God. Uh, She last week announced that her memoir, which is also titled, I Must Confess, Fame, Uh, Family and Figuring It Out, which first of all, like taking lyrics (laughs) directly out of baby one more time is a choice. Um, This memoir is allegedly coming out next January. They already know it's 256 pages. And apparently (laughs) the book will allow the singer to, quote unquote, tell her unfiltered story on her own terms about being a child star, becoming a teen mom, the years she stepped away from the spotlight, the most terrifying ATV accident that threatened her daughter's life and discovering the most important elements of life, love and family. Listen, I don't have a problem with Jamie Lynn Spears putting out a memoir. Everyone has a memoir, like good for her. I'm sure it's ghost written or whatever. But the timing of this is so gross. Ill. Like the fact that, yes, I mean, first she posts that Instagram story where where she was upset about getting death threats and saying that she loved her sister, but that in and of itself was ill advised and strange and, she no, sort of downplayed a, the yeah. entire thing that's happening with Britney's conservatorship and the level of intensity yeah. that it, it has on Britney's life and everything. And she sort of, you know, went on this whole Instagram story talking about how she she doesn't really affect her life one way or another, which is wild to me of listening to Britney Spears talk about how she's basically enslaved and in prison and then for her sister to be like, I just want her to be happy. So whatever she wants. like Because the speculation there is that she's been making money off of her sister for all of these years. And I think that's what she was getting all those death threats and whatever about. But either way, her response to that and then also the choice to announce this pamphlet that she's creating is, again, a choice. Right. Whether or not she was making money off of her sister before, which obviously she was directly or indirectly, now she's clearly just cashing I in know. on the media circus here. And it just, the whole thing feels really icky to me. And I don't know. It puts a bad taste in my mouth. Let's well, move on. What's your not over? Well, speaking of leaving a bad taste in your mouth. 
<laughs> I was recently listening to an episode of The Cutting Room Floor, which is the podcast um, hosted by designer Retro Omando, Omandi. And um, they she had Leandra Cohen, who was the founder of Man Repeller, on an episode um, in which Mrs. Cohen decided to reveal that she had no idea she was... I guess what I'm not over is the fact that she had no idea she was rich growing up in the Upper East Side of New York City. Oh. Yeah. Can you believe? She had no idea. She had <laughs> what, no idea did, she was did, privileged. Did she grow up in a simulation? <laughs> yeah. She's actually a Westworld robot stuck on a loop. Yeah. Um, but no, the entire interview is um, frankly just very cringy to listen to. It. It's sort of, I think... You know, she was a part of this cancel culture. She was, you know, there was a lot of things that came out about Man Repeller and the toxicity of the culture and the environment, whatever. And then to listen to her speak on this stuff now is sort of just a slap in the face of like, wow, you really don't get it. And she makes some comments about, you know, if you're in that bubble, it's almost like you have, um, you know, you have the right to ignore everything else that's happening or- around you and i'm just like whoa not not the time to be saying stuff like this out loud so yeah yeah. it wasn't the whole reason she was on that podcast to redeem herself defend herself (laughs) yeah (laughs) against the accusations of racism and everything else Mm. yeah i don't you know she should not be a lawyer that should not be a, a choice for her going forward but yeah maybe she needs a couple of more months just to sit and absorb and like read a few more books it seems it sounds like her redemption tour was a little premature (laughs) yeah 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 that's what i'm not over um well making the most horrific segue ever let's dive into (laughs) the topic that we're gonna get into this week um which is me convincing me trying to convince becky Mm -hmm. to watch love island yeah you're welcome um we should say zareen did uh, i did watch Two whole episodes of Can Love you Island believe two hours you'll never get back to your life? That's actually two and a half hours. <laughs> Let's be serious. Um, okay, it's fine. We all watch enough garbage. You can add more garbage to your life. It's okay. It's welcome. Exp- explain Love Island to us, Reen. So Love Island is, you know, a little background. It's, it's essentially in its base, most basic form. It's a reality dating show, but it's so much more than that. It's a group of folks that are brought together in a house um, in a luxury villa. The U.S. version this year is the villa is in Hawaii and it looks dick. I would like to go. It looks like the Barbie dream house, like a deranged. <laughs> I think they said the inspiration was sour candy, which is a choice. Uh, yeah, oh, yes. The sour candy villa. It's in this sour candy themed playground perched on a clifftop on the edge of a mostly dormant volcano that our hopeful hotties will kiss and tell five nights a week. I, yes, I do remember that in the description. There's like a waterfall where they have their chats. It's it's all There's beautiful. also a water slide. <laughs> yes, they have anything you could possibly. It's just a peewee's funhouse. Um, but the goal is essentially you're finding love and also you're going to make some money while doing it. You get paired up with folks. You have to make sure you're always in a couple. There's some games that don't really mean anything. The goal they of the really sh- make no sense. <laughs> no, games. yeah. The games are really not meant to add any sort of value in terms of the competition. Um, but yeah, the goal of the show is just to make it to the end with a couple of a partner that you are in love with. And maybe you'll split the money with them. Maybe you'll walk away with all of it on your own. And people get voted off. I actually haven't made it to anyone getting voted off. Well, no, we're not there yet. The the audience, our audience involvement comes later. I actually don't know 
I have actually never actively participated in the voting, but I am always curious to see what the rest of America will do. Um, I think you can write in text. I, I'm sure it's similar to like dancing with a star. You write or, in? You write a letter? I don't know, like email. I don't something, right? You send snail mail. There's a pigeon that comes, takes something away to the villa. I don't know. There's ways you can participate. I'm not sure. And you can watch it on CBS every day except Mondays and Saturdays. You basically have plans for the rest of your life. You're welcome. Um, I should say that this or, this originated in the UK and then the Americans stole it, as we do with everything. So, Of course. Yeah. You know, we take it and we make it a little less fun. That's, That's what it what seems like. Do. I've never watched the UK version, <laughs> but I mean, spoiler alert for my arguments. I was expecting it to be a little more salacious. Well, spoiler alert. I'll explain that to you. <laughs> explain what salaciousness is? No, explain why the US version is a little bit more tamed. I look forward to that. So yes. we are going to bring back our debate style format. Each of us will make an argument for two minutes. Then the opponent will have a moment to rebuttal and then present their argument. I hate how serious this feels. <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. Well, this is the point. I will remind Serene that there's no interrupting when one person's talking, <laughs> the person gets the full time. There's Becky, no interjecting. It's okay, I love no, you. You're already, you're already, you're already <laughs> interrupting. So you got get it out now. Get it love all out ya. now. Love ya. And if it wasn't clear, Zareen is going to be pro Love Island. I am going to be con Love Island. <laughs> I, I feel so mean, but I like, come on now. The dramatic we, effect. We, that's not a. It's not a debate if one person's not against. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, I'll try to do my convincing. You need that break to... All right, relax, relax. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. All right, we're back. I'm going to kick things off. Rebecca Kirsch, my first point for you is Love Island has broken boundaries. I, And I, when I say this, I want you to know that I don't mean it in a deep way, that it's, you know, paved the way for many people to do so many amazing things or broken, you know, glass ceilings. But overall, it really has become this beast of a show that people are genuinely interested and obsessed with. Like, viewership and global reach alone is absolutely insane. And I know... Um, these stats are from the UK, but it still speaks to the phenomenon that this show is more than 6 million viewers in the most recent episode, which I have to say is fucking gnarly. That's a lot of people tuning in every single night to watch a quote unquote trashy reality show. So, you know, 
I think that speaks volumes. Another point is that its relevancy in pop culture is undeniable, mostly. It was a large part of a, a plot line in the HBO show Euphoria, where Zendaya's character Rue spends hours and hours watching this show in a not so great state. Okay, she might have been down in the dumps while she was consuming this content, but still, the mention of it alone, I think, speaks to what insane boundaries that it has broken where we all became obsessed with this show during a time we were all trapped at home. Yes, you know, I was definitely someone that started consuming this during the pandemic and I started with the UK versions, which is what I recommend everyone else to do as well. But once you're hooked into it, you really can't stop because you're kind of watching this show that everyone else is watching with you. And it's so different than any other reality show. But at the same time, you're getting everything that you really want out of a reality show at the same time from it, if that makes sense. But I don't have to watch dark storylines, don't have to really pay attention to it at all. There's no actual games or things. I know you love to watch The Challenge, which maybe requires more brain work. I appreciate that this show requires no brain work at all. Damn it. Well, you really lobbed me up for this rebuttal. Your stats are from the UK. On Euphoria, she was watching Love Island UK. Now, yes, I have never seen Love Island UK, but from what I've seen of Love Island US, I do not think 6 million people were tuning in to watch whatever it is that I saw. Also, you keep saying everyone's watching this. I don't know anyone who's watching this besides you. No one else is coming up to me asking me about Love Island. It's just you. Uh... Also, I love dark storylines. I would much rather watch, give me a dark, dark storyline. Well, I would rather watch Ozark than watch 90 minutes of people playing suck and blow. So that's my <laughs> immediately, my immediate rebuttal to what you, what you, uh, your, gross, your first point. Becky. Gross. And with that, is that not what happened? And first of all, you were not supposed to respond. Well, You're not supposed that, to that, respond. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Okay, this leads me to my first point. This show is too much of a time commitment. The premiere is 90 minutes long. 90 minutes long for a reality show. That's quite long. And then it airs again the next day. (laughs) Then for an hour, it airs again the day after that. This show is on five days a week. Five days a week. I got to really be invested in something to watch it for five hours a week. I felt like barely anything happened in the first two and a half hours of the show that I watched. So, I mean, half the reason I don't watch The Bachelor or didn't watch The Bachelor over the years is because I felt like that was too much of a time commitment. And that show is only on twice a week. So staying in every night watching this is like one big sign telling me how dumb I am. And it's like the TV commanding you to go outside and live your life. And maybe during the pandemic, when there was literally nothing on, I could see myself locking into this and being like, Ooh, yeah, like these are my people. Like I can't go outside, which is sort of what happens to Rue on Euphoria where she's just, she's grounded, I think. And that's how she ends up watching it. But she becomes like really obsessed with this or she's having some sort of manic episode. Either way, it's not under normal conditions. And (laughs) I'm like, I'm living in a post vaccine world. It's summertime. I want to be where the people are. Am I really going to sit inside every single day and watch the show? The other thing is I don't do half-assed shows. So I'm either going to watch every single episode or I'm going to watch none of it. I can't just like drift in and drift out. So 
if it's on five times a week, that means I'm committing myself to watching this five times a week. And to your point, if everyone in the world is actually watching this and you want to keep up with the conversations, that means you have to commit yourself to watching this five times a week. Then when do you even have time to talk to people about the show you're watching? You don't because you're too busy staying home every night watching Love Island. Okay, well, first of all, your argument about being stuck inside and you have to watch it every single day and then how will you talk to people about it? There is never a time you're watching something on TV where you are not live texting me about it, whether I'm watching it or not. That has never stopped you. So pretending like that is the reason that you can't communicate about the show is pure garbage. (laughs) Okay. second of all, I actually don't think you have to watch every single episode. The best part of the show is having a backlog of episodes for me to binge. And then I can still feel like I can catch up with the rest of the world when I want to. And I think it's okay, mostly because um, we're actually not doing that much. Okay, I know you and neither of us have that many plans. So we are home most days and you're not doing anything and neither am I. So pretending like this post-vaccine world where it's been flash flooding every single day in New York City for the past four days. How dare you? (laughs) That you're going out. This is an attack. Is also a lie. That's why you can't lie to me. I know everything that you're doing. And that's a horrible reason to not watch this show. You, you just think you know. <laughs> I, do, I do know. I know everything you're doing all the time. But yes, my second point here is that I know I mentioned before, but this is, I want to dive into it. It's not your typical reality show. I know it's a reality dating show, but it is also something totally different. While we see contestants on The Bachelor and whatever being incredibly isolated, um, which sort of happens here, they are also subjected to some insane producer nonsense that is drummed up behind the scenes. Um, although on Love Island, there are no clocks allowed in the villa, which is a little bit weird. But I think we can get past that. I think the Love Island producers, on the other hand, make it a point to make sure, you know, A, one of the rules is that drinks are limited to keep the show coherent, which I think a lot of other reality shows could actually take a note from. The US series, for example, has a two-drink limit per night you can't have more than two alcoholic drinks which honestly is a great idea it's definitely not a show that allows you know excessive amount of alcohol consumption like most reality dating shows and they even go as far as having the contestants have drug tests before they're allowed to go on the show and then they have to be subjected to drug tests while in the villa and no smoking is allowed so it feels like really clean but gross fun all at the same time a lot of making out, but not a lot of disgusting stuff happening. Um, and they actually have an actual sleep schedule that's enforced. And I appreciate that they require all the islanders to go through psychiatric evaluations before they're allowed to participate or be on the show. And after. what? What's the sleep schedule that's enforced? I think they really make them go to bed like every night at like 10 p.m. is like the cutoff or like 11 p.m. And then they wake up. At, that like, makes sense to me because what the hell else do they have to do? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. But damn it. I have other things to say that they require the psychiatric evaluations. I just think that's cool that they they provide counseling before and after. Like a debrief. Something to be said. I think it's good. I feel like all the other shows just throw them out in the wolves and then everyone has mental health issues. But I guess you are opting into I think now that's becoming more of a thing. A lot of people have the last season of the challenge for like mental health reasons, actually. That's wild and sad. Also, a crazy thing that happened in the last season of the challenge was this girl was like, facetiming her sister and just talking about how she hadn't gotten her period for a while and then the producers made her take a pregnancy test and it turns out she was pregnant <gasps> and she had to leave the show and oh. she lost the baby it was sad oh my god that's who was that this girl who was on survivor 
Natalie. She was like a front runner too. She was like talking to her sister. She's like, my period's always irregular. It's not a big deal. And the producers were like, we want you to take a pregnancy test just to confirm. And then she was pregnant. And she was like, Holy Fuck. shit. That's crazy. Yep. She learned that in real time. Yes. And then she, well, it was weird because they were just like, Natalie's leaving the show. And she was like smiling and it was weird. And normally they're just like, she left the show because her foot fell off. Or like she left the show because oh, like no. her dad has COVID. And she was <laughs> really, just like, didn't off. explain. They like, and there was like no indication that she was going to leave the show because she was dominating. It was really weird. The guy that lost then, his eye, that wasn't on the show. No, that okay. was during <laughs> a, a champagne party in Ibiza. Ibiza? Someone, <laughs> someone literally like popped his eye off with a bottle of champagne. It's like the most reality show way you could ever lose an eye. <laughs> he, he was a Love Island guy. He was on Love Island. Yes, he was. <laughs> full circle. True. We've come full circle. Okay. Well, my rebuttal actually really blends right into my next point, because I think you just illuminated one of my biggest problems with this show is that I don't understand what sets the show apart from everything else. I feel like it's too middle of the road because it's not full on screaming at each other drama where you're like, ooh, this is messy, but I want to watch. But they are all making out in front of each other, like sixth grade, but it's all very polite. They're like, hey, bro, I like your girl. Think I could take your girl? And they're like, well, that was nice that he asked. But then also they're making out with each other in front of each other. But it's in like these challenges. It's very confusing to me. I actually miss the producer nonsense. Instead, you're watching these long montages of people apply deodorant and like putting on makeup so that every night they can just like sit outside together as if they aren't all looking at each other all day, every day. And there's also that creepy narrator instead of producers, which I don't love. The voiceover is very cringy on purpose. That made me uncomfortable. What? It's almost like I, I think they need more alcohol. I, it needs more alcohol. It seems like the UK version is better. It seems like it's messier. I also generally feel uncomfortable with the way they take these complete strangers and then they immediately put them together in a couple, but they have the guys come in and just pick from a lineup of women which one that they want based on looks alone. It's like the saddest game of kickball, except also everyone's wearing bikinis and heels. And you're just like, oh, man, imagine standing there and being like, oh, none of these guys want you. And it's all on national television. I just feel like there's not enough juicy drama for me to tune into this every night. Like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be rooting for. All these people seem generally the same. Are you supposed to be shipping the couples like you would for a TV show where you really want them to get together? I'm just like, uh, who cares if she ends up with Christian or she really likes Giovanni? All these people seem to be the same to me. And none of them are really doing enough that's making them stand out because, as you said, they have nothing to do all day. They're also the fact that they make them sleep in bed together with the total stranger and then they're all sleeping together in the same room. Like, I don't care what sleep schedule you're on. That's creepy. Like, we're at camp. So you want to make them all sleep in the same room? Like, that's fine. But you're making them sleep in the same bed with the guy. And the fact that, again, I know I mentioned this, but it merits repeating the fact that they take these two people who have never met each other before and then they refer to them as a happy couple. They're like, look at all these happy couples. I'm like, these people are total strangers. They're not even an unhappy couple. There are no kinds of couples. Then they're talking about staying loyal to the person that like literally through no scientific method where they slammed into each other. They were just standing there and some guy had to pick between five people and was like, I'll take the blue one. Like they don't even learn their names when they pick them. They just literally pick them based on the color of their bathing suit. So I don't know. As a viewer, this did not do it for me. I watched two two and a half episodes and maybe or two and a half hours and you know maybe it gets uh more scandalous or more interesting down the line but it's supposed to grab you in the first two episodes and this did not do it okay well first the niceness does end 
as the season goes on, but you know, they're uh, and they're screaming, but it still happens. It's just not drunk screaming. So the fact that the drama feels even more real because there's no one being like, Oh, I was just like inebriated and I didn't mean what I said. It's like, no, you really meant what you said. Cause you only had two fucking drinks last night and then you were being an asshole. Cause the drama just does feel more real. And right now, you know, you've only watched two episodes. And even at the end of the second episode, there is a significant shift in the drums that takes place with the recoupling. Um, and I appreciate the picking process because it's turned over week after week. So sometimes the women pick and sometimes the men pick. The power dynamics change and you notice it in the weekly drama of how people are behaving towards each other. Sometimes the women are being nicer because they know they can't do the picking. Then the other times the boys are sucking up more because they know they're not doing the picking. So I actually appreciate that. And as the sleeping in bed thing is actually not enforced, well, it's not a hard and fast rule. They don't have to sleep in the same bed. And in a lot of seasons, they actually don't. If they don't want to, they can sleep on a couch or wherever. Um, so that's not actually something that they'll get kicked off the villa if they don't want to do. It's not enforced. Uh, and another thing, the happy couple thing is weird, but it's not any weirder than on The Bachelor, people having drinks one night and then thinking they just met their husband. Insanity is everywhere. So I... Don't think that is something that is that outrageous in a reality dating show. For my last argument, I have to say that to me, this is the perfect combo of love and reality. I do have to start off with saying that the UK show is far superior than the US because it just is. Um, I mean, as an American, I think it's ingrained in us to generally gravitate towards accents um, with the addition of reality TV in the mix. It's really the perfect combination. And it's also educational. For example, do you know what factor 50 means? No, that's what I thought. It's when a guy tries way too hard with a girl and ends up going all factor 50 on them or being mugged off or pied off or pranging out. And that's when having anxiety. My personal favorite, getting the ick, which is a, a phrase that I learned from Love Island UK is when you're talking to a guy and then he gives you the ick and then you hate him. I think Corey's given me the ick, to be totally honest. I don't know, I'm not physically attracted to him. And you're just grossed out and you no longer want to talk to him. And when you're flirting with someone, that means you're cracking on. I had the bollocks to say to him that there is something missing and if a girl comes through the door, crack on with her. Like, I won't ha hold like, anything against you. I find the UK show to just be educational, to be honest, more than anything. Um, but also, as I think as a people, we love romance and we love reality and Love Island combines those things in a, a way that I like it to be consumed because it's not as... It's drama, but it's not as dark, I think. And so I appreciate that. Yes, the games are dumb, but the producers note that these games are really just meant to bring the Islanders closer together and create a sense of camaraderie, which I think they actually do. And you see it when they're naturally like, hanging out in the villa. Are the games gross? Yes. Is there a lot of making out? Yes. Would I rather not see that? Of course. But that also sort of plays into all the drama that follows. And I think it's... This show is like broken the mold of what it used to be called trashy female. No! Fine. I rest my case. Well, for my closing remarks, I think whether or not you realize it in your own remarks, you successfully convinced not just me, but yourself that perhaps the UK version is the one that's worth watching. But the US one seems to only be fans for previous fans of the UK ones or people who don't have access to Love Island UK. And maybe I would be more into Love Island UK, but I can only speak from my own experience, and that's from watching Love Island US. And in my opinion, the amount of airtime that this show gets is does not qualify for the amount of interesting content that it provides. If this show was on once a week, 
I could perhaps see myself continuing watching it. But to watch this for five hours a week when barely anything happens or to what continue watching it on the promise that maybe it will get better. I feel like with there are so many shows out there to watch, whether it's scripted or unscripted reality or not reality dating, there's a million different things coming out every single week that if you can't convince me to keep watching, if you can't hook me in in the first two and a half hours of your show that the producers are doing something wrong. Not only that, I didn't even fully understand the rules from the first two and a half hours of the show. I had no idea that next week they switched the couples again. That was not clearly delineated. Literally all they explained were, here's a bunch of people. We're forcing them to be in a couple and then they have to sleep in bed together. And now these quote unquote challenges are just them making out with different ones that they haven't made out with before and then trying to figure out if the making out makes them feel anything or not. So it's just a lot of like grown up spin the bottle. I did appreciate that they tried to put a Bridger twin Bridgerton twist on it. Like they really are definitely, you know, going for what's what's trendy right now. I mean, the house is beautiful. I'll give them that. But I really don't think that this show is providing enough that's any different from even like Bachelor in Paradise. I, I mean, sure, like they're not as drunk, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing in terms of the the juiciness of the drama. So the defense rests or the prosecution rests, I guess. OK, well, I have many thoughts on that, but, you know, I will respect the rules of this debate and. I will let you have your feelings, even though they are all wrong. <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we can hear Becky's final thoughts. All right, we're back. Becky, I know, obviously, on this debate, you were very against watching Love Island. But now that, you know, we've kind of wrapped this up and let's get to here. So you're really not going to watch, not going to give it a chance at all going forward, even though I've explained there's much more to come. I mean, I think I gave it a chance, to be fair. I but, mean, to, my, to be it. fair to me, I, I gave it two and a half hours is not a chance. No, but I'm just I'm like telling you that there's so much more like the drama hasn't started. The whole point of the show is that, yes, it's an extended period of time. That's why they're not going to move as fast as I think other reality dating shows would. Okay, for you, I will give it another week nice. and see how it goes. See if it fits into my life. My boring, it. boring life, as you described, <laughs> of me doing nothing, both, which like, I mean, I'm listen, right I just want to say, I didn't respond to that, but I just want to say that hurts me deeply. Uh, and <laughs> we both have the same life. So uh, how dare you? How dare you judge how I want to waste my own time? But um. <laughs> I will I will give it a little bit more time to see if it gets better. But I I do feel like overwhelmed by the commitment of the amount of time that this show is on. If the show again, fair, if we were fair. in lockdown, I would 100 percent be all in on this. Or fair. if it was um, also I, I'm kind of, as you said, as you, you know, outed me that I do like live texting I would do it for the live texting, but it's sometimes hard to sync up exactly at the time to watch it. If you and I lived together and were watching this together, definitely. If you're like, <laughs> guess what time it is, time to watch. So maybe it's like every Sunday you have to watch, invite me over and I will watch five hours of Love okay, Island with you. I'll see you that? Sunday. No, I want the NBA games on. I won't see you on Sunday. <laughs> there we go. There it is. She doesn't even want me to watch it that much. But I, I, respect, I respect your stance and I'll take it. 
I did. I did like that you welcomed me already into a Love Island group chat. That made yeah, me feel. See, we're so welcoming. Um, welcome, us Islanders. That did make me. That did make me feel welcomed. I appreciated that. All right. Well, it's that time again, Becky. Are you ready for your burning question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, to change the subject completely. In recent rumored news, allegedly there's a Sweet Home Alabama sequel happening. So my burning question is, if you had to recast Josh Lucas, who would you pick? Mm. It's someone from today's time, if that helps. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I've seen Sweet Home Alabama, but Sweet Home Alabama is not like a movie that's near and dear wow. to my heart. But it's like um, a classic. I know, but it's just... It's not it's not one of mine um i also didn't even know that they're remaking it but i guess that makes sense uh <laughs> allegedly dakota fanning is involved oh dakota fanning was in the first one. Oh yeah she was i forgot well i'm just, well because i'm not that familiar with the movie so i'm trying to figure out like what the like am i he he's the the hot guy in the movie no he's i know the, but i'm like oh. is he still is his character still an old man or i'm casting a young man no, no, no. I, I'm still thinking. I feel like if I mentioned Sweet Home, I don't know. For me, I'm still thinking of him as like a hot young Josh Lucas. Never been kissed. I'm not thinking of like old man, get he's Mr. Big not. in there. <laughs> First of all, he's not and never been kissed. Oh, no, that's Michael, whatever. That's, yeah. What's his uh, name? I feel like everyone wanted Ryan Gosling to be in that movie in the first place. So let's recast it with Ryan Gosling. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's cool. I don't know. I might have just made that up. Maybe it was just I personally thought he should have oh, been okay. in that movie. <laughs> every movie that's ever been made i don't know i haven't seen ryan gosling in a while it seems like the kind of place he would never be in this movie and that's why i would that's why i would quote him i, I mean, appreciate him. <laughs> dj bring us back to the love island theme and play island in the sun by weezer Not Over It is hosted and produced by Becky Kirsch and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Allison Noel and Lisa Sugar. Have something to share? Tell us the moments you're not over by emailing us at notoverit at popsugar.com. Thanks for listening.